This is CryptoCore Radio, discussing the ideas, people, and projects building the new digital economy. Get the latest on blockchain technology and cryptocurrency updates with your host, Lutz. Hello and welcome to Core Radio. This is Lutz coming to you live, and it is it is Monday. Uh, we had a nice nice long weekend. I enjoyed a lot of good food this weekend, and now we're back on the diet. So, uh, I like to I like to give uh, other coins a chance to uh, you know show show their stuff off. So uh, welcome to uh, our our new show. Show me the crypto. All right, so uh, show me the crypto, and uh, let's take a look at some new stuff coming out. Uh, let's let's take a look at some coins that uh, you know a lot of people don't hear about because probably there's not that much marketing, and if there is any marketing, it's it's buried behind tons of other coins that are marketing. So it's really hard to get out there. Uh, you know, it's, and it, think of it from a user perspective. I mean, how many coins could you research? So many. It's, it, it's very, very time-consuming. Like you'd have to quit your job. <laughs> so uh, I have a uh, big data block. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a coin or a token, but uh, I have uh, the CEO of Big Data Block on with us today. And uh, welcome to the show. What do I call you? Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Cohen, CEO of Big Data Block. Thank you very much, Lutz, for having me on. Oh, welcome on. Welcome on, man. Uh, you know, I saw you on Facebook. And, you know, I never heard of you, and it's 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 very odd to uh, to find a coin that you never heard of on Facebook, of all places. So, may, may, is that where you're gearing your marketing towards Facebook? Yeah, good question. Not really so much Facebook. We probably our presence is probably most felt on Twitter at this point. To be honest, you know, Facebook. Um, well, it has a bad rap for a number of reasons. Some pretty good, and maybe right. some not as good, but. Um, you know, with the crypto ad situation and obviously even a lot of the other stuff that's gone on lately, we haven't done a ton on Facebook. I mean, we definitely have a Facebook page and post some stuff there, but we haven't, uh, our push hasn't been too much. Like I said, probably more heavily Twitter. We've got a few thousand people in our Telegram. Uh, uh, so Telegram. Are, yeah. Do you use Discord at all? Excuse me? Do you use Discord? Oh, Discord, we do. Yeah, that's a good point. We actually do have a Discord group. Primarily, it's been for the team. Right. Um, but it is opened up, um, and uh, you know other people can join. It's not it's not closed up or anything like that. Oh, very cool. I, I personally just hate using Telegram. Just the the organization of it. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't appeal to me. I mean, it's so hard to find the conversation in that left the left pane. Well, maybe with yeah. their uh, one point seven billion dollars, they can improve the product a little bit. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they could decentralize it. Yeah, or just that it's funny because I think Telegram, I mean, not to go into a big Telegram thing, but I totally agree with you. And I think there are two things that if you're an ICO that are really, really frustrating about Telegram. And one is what you just mentioned, which is it's one group. So all the information just gets dropped in there. And if you happen to miss something, you know, good luck scrolling up for finding it. So I right. think the idea of some sort of subgroups or something would be great. And the other is, quite frankly, that nobody is actually validated. So you'd be amazed at the number of people like yourself who are coming to me on Telegram, um, but they're not really you. So I uh -huh. get 
scam after scam right. after scam of people impersonating real people right. on Telegram, and it's just a real nuisance to deal with all those. It happens on Twitter also. I mean, you even even McAfee himself had like uh, somebody duplicate his account. That's true. I saw that. You're right. That's like, right. wasn't it one digit different or something? So yeah. it was hard to tell. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they turn like L's into capital I's, and they, it, right. they're very creative. But it works. Yep. You know, no. Yeah, it does absolutely. Unfortunately, uh, Twitter is doing a bad job in uh, you know countering this. And so what happens is they end up creating a public group. Uh, I'm sorry, a private group. So all McCaffrey's followers are, you know, he's not accepting new followers. And, right. uh, you know, it, it's you're, you're closing the doors, basically. Right. Uh, you, you think you think if it was uh, I mean, are there any projects out there? You, you deal with data. What, what kind of you know, where, where would you put that type of data? I mean, and how would you share it? I mean, you, you, you have the, you have to create an account. You have to put your personal information in there. Uh, you know, you got to put your email address. And, you know, even at times I hate doing that. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, what, what do you do? with? Is that the type of data you deal with? Tell me about big block data. Yeah, let me tell you about Big Data Block. I'll give you a little bit of my history, too, and um, I'll take you through all that. It'll just be a few minutes. So um, my background is a, is a technologist. Um, you know, I've been my whole career since college has been in the technology um, business. I was a, a Java developer when I started my career, um, you know, and, and kind of moved through the ranks, you know, a CTO of some startups and right. worked for software companies and then worked for companies like Orbitz as a development director and GoGo, which is, you know, Wi-Fi in the airplanes. And lastly, I was at uh, TransUnion as head of all software development there. So really my background kind of runs the gamut of, you know, smaller companies where we're just, you know, rolling up our sleeves to sort of larger companies and lots of technology and lots of, you know, I'd say, you know, uh, B2C sort of web development and then lots and lots of data. So, you know, those, that's probably the my primary background from a crypto or blockchain perspective, I actually started as an investor, like a lot of people, about four years ago. Uh -huh. um, it was funny, four years ago in April, I had my first purchase on Coinbase. I, I bought a little bit of Bitcoin um, and loved the, you know, loved the ethos, really thought it was cool. Um, being frank, you know, I, I couldn't really see exactly how at the time people were going to use it. I mean, I knew conceptually, but you know, whether or not it would really take off and exactly what it would be. Um, for me, the real light bulb, though, went off about three years ago with Ethereum. So obviously everyone here is listening to this, I'm sure knows, but, you know, the tokenization, the smart contract. So right. when I saw the capabilities to add business logic um, and obviously the capability to launch your own token sort of on top of a pre-existing platform, to me, I, I thought this is it. Like this is the thing that's going to take this to the next level, and I think that's been proven true. So I was an early investor in Ethereum. You know, I was in single digits at the time, which was great. Nice. And continued to invest, to be honest. You know, all through the last few years. Um, then about a year ago is when I really started to think about, well, what is it that I want to do? You know, a little bit of that soul searching and a little bit of that. Um, you know. <clears throat> excuse me, what do I love? And, you know, finding that I spent most of my time that wasn't devoted to my day job and my family, you know, really spending it on, you know, blockchain stuff and crypto. Right. So decided in, um, in September of, of last year to leave my job and really strike out on my own and start something. And I had, I would say, you know, a couple of things that were important to me 
Um, and even a year ago, as I was starting to think about it, you know, it's amazing how, and you know this, but it's amazing how much things have changed even in, in one year. You know, it's like dog years or something in crypto. Oh, yeah. You know, one year is like seven years or something. Um, oh, but yeah. at the time, go ahead. Yeah, I, I never expected it to blow up so quickly. Uh, you know, I, I started off myself about six years ago, you know, and I was mining Litecoin and I was mining some Bitcoin. And I, I just, I never thought it would take off. You know, I was, you know, like any investment, you know, you, you invest and you, you just leave it there because you know it's right. not going anywhere. You invest in Microsoft, the Tesla, you know not to touch it for 20 years. Right. You can't think of that. Think of uh, crypto like that. Crypto is, I mean, it could spike, you know, 10 times tomorrow. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and then and then some people, you know, they, they get a little upset. They see Bitcoin's down and it goes down a little more. And, you know, now it's at like, what, 76. And I think it, hit, it it's been it's been holding the level of seven for a long time. There's a good resistance there. So I don't think it's it's going to fall ever b below six thousand. I could be wrong, of course. But I don't think it'll ever fall be below it. Uh, and, you know, it shows us that anything can happen. I don't care how how good of a technical an analyst you are. And I mean, it went to 20,000. Yeah, I know. You know, that, that's that's insane. I know. It's, you know, I've never, you know, if you asked me last year if if it'll go to 20,000 this year, I'd tell you, no way, man, it's impossible. But no, it's, you know, Bitcoin just keeps proving that the impossible is possible. Yeah. And the community too. I mean, it's such a great community that sort of gets behind all this. And, um, yeah. So anyway, you know, from, from my perspective, you know, there were, there were a couple of things that were important as I was looking at sort of creating my own project. And one was, and again, especially as we talked about, you know, a year ago, even how much has changed and there wasn't, and I would say it still holds somewhat true, but not as much, but, and what I say is there weren't that many projects at the time that I would say were, you know, utilizing blockchain technology, but weren't sort of crypto for crypto projects. And, you know, what I mean by that essentially is, you know, is it a project that people outside of the crypto community really want and need and can get behind? You know, we all love these platforms. There's a ton of great projects. It's not to knock those projects at all, but a lot of them, I think, struggle to get, you know, people outside of our space to really give them any look because again, they're primarily used within kind of the crypto community. And I wanted to create something that could show, showcase blockchain technology, but was something that would be used really across, you know, all industries and all people and things like that. So that was one thing that was important. Right. The other was I wanted to build something that I felt like could be used by everyone and maybe change the dynamic of an industry a little bit from, you know, the sort of haves, a little bit giving to the people that maybe are the have-nots, you know, meaning that they just haven't had access to this kind of technology. And again, if you look at, like I said, my background, a lot of big data, I mean, I was managing 45 petabyte Hadoop instance um, at one point in time, for example. And so, you know, a lot of big data work. And if you look at the big data, you know, uh, ecosystem, essentially, mm -hmm. you, you need one of two things. You either need deep pockets, because quite frankly, hiring people in that space and or getting consultants is expensive yeah. and even standing up all the systems and doing all that work and the DevOps and all the technology that goes into it. It's just a high bar and an expensive bar. Right, yes. Now, you may also be a technology company, in which case you have the people that can do it. But again, they are typically expensive. You know, it's, it's hard to find those people and things like that. So what I wanted to do was build something where we could really offer 
this type of technology essentially to anyone. And really the key there is if you look at, you know, Hadoop or MapReduce, a lot of the technologies sort of behind big data, they are very distributed technologies already. They, they already lend themselves to this sort of loading on a lot of machines, commodity hardware. You know, the whole concept is you sort of move the data and the processing to these individual nodes. And so the light bulb for me was essentially, well, what if we could take the whole mining sort of mindset and basically use that to do data processing? So what if I could create my own, essentially my own distribution of Hadoop with a bunch of other technologies and things that we build, use Docker, which is sort of a technology container um, application, then get people to essentially load this on their machines, and now they become a node in this data decentralization data processing network. And if we could get enough people to do that, now suddenly the paradigm shifts very much away from high cost, a lot of upfront cost and things like that to much more of a pay per use model with the idea being that as people use our system, they pay to use it only while they're actually using it. And we basically split those fees between us and the people that are data processors in the network, essentially. Okay, so, so what kind of data are you looking at? Because big data is big data. There's a lot of different uses, use cases for data, right? Uh, company yes. would have to set up a SAN, right? You'll, you'll have to, like you said, you have to pay people to even just maintain it. So it always, the data needs to be backed up and, you know, just in case uh, because it's centralized. I mean, if I was a, a business and I needed a SAN, would I be would this be a feasible alternative, a decentralized feasible alternative? Well, we're not. So that's a good question because a lot we have gotten people that have asked us, you know, are we similar to, you know, Filecoin or are we similar to a Gollum or a Sonnen and things like that? We are not storage and we're not just raw processing. So and I'll explain that. So your, your question's great uh, because it comes up a lot. So our goal is not to be a place where people can just store their data. Our system is really all about doing things like cleansing, analytics, machine learning, data mapping. So companies will have their data wherever they already have it, You know, maybe in-house, could be wherever right. they already have it. We essentially will link to those data sets. Again, they could be files, they could be a data store somewhere, wherever it is. We will then, they will link to those, to that data, those data sets. They will create mappings for that within our system. They will create any cleansing rules. They and we'll have you know some of those pre-built. They'll use some of what, the canned algorithms. What's a cleansing rule? What's a, just a, because you know people listening they're not very technical. What's a cleansing rule? Yeah, no, good question. So think of you know a lot of times data sets are you know ninety percent great and then ten percent garbage. And what I mean by that is you know a lot of times data has you know funny characters in it. Right. They have, you know, people put forward slashes. They have, you know, you have data from all over the world and there's just different characters in there. There's data that doesn't, um, you know, that a whole record might be bad just because of who knows, you know, weird characters in there or things like that. So the idea of the, a cleansing is you want to before you do your analysis, ideally, you want your data set to be as clean and pristine as possible because you don't want to start running algorithms on data that's bad you know, right out of the gate. So. Some of these cleansing algorithms essentially will go through and just remove those characters, for example. And you can set thresholds, you can set rules on that and things like that. And then algorithms or data mapping, to walk through that a little bit is, you know, again, a lot of times when you have data stored, let's say in a database, the fields that are in that database aren't necessarily 
um, you know, English readable. In other words, it might be field ABC. Well, what is field right. ABC? I don't really know what that means. Right. Well, that's actually, you know, address one. Like nice so in our system, database. you'll be able to map to that and, and create your own mapping. In other words, add your own language in there mm -hmm. so that it becomes much easier to, let's say, reuse that in the future. Um, and it's much more human readable, essentially. Algorithms are, what are you trying to get, right? Like, what are the analytics that you're trying to do? In other words, do I want to find my top customers? And by top customers, I mean maybe the people that are most likely to buy. And then what does that mean? What, what, what specific um, characteristics um, make up a customer like that? So I want to market to people, as an example, that are like that who haven't maybe bought from me before or have only bought a little bit. And I want to know what makes, you know, a typical great customer. And then great. Now I have that list and I'll go ahead and market to them. Another, another good example of that is a lot of people use the big data systems for operational data. So in other words, you want to know what's going on with all the computers in your network. Well, where can I put all those logs? For example, right. you own a solar farm, you know, and so all those panels are actually constantly spitting out, um, mm -hmm. log data and you want to know well which ones are 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 you know producing the most um, energy for example and which ones are having trouble and those types of things so the algorithms will allow you to essentially get the the learning or the knowledge from your data and again we want to make it as easy to use for people as possible so you don't have to be necessarily a deep data scientist to be able to use the system we will build sort of pre-built algorithms that you can use and then we will also have the ability to sort of create your own, um, you know, if you are a little bit more technical or if maybe you want to get help from our knowledge exchange community, for example, and get other people to help you um, with those types of things as well. Gotcha. And knowledge exchange is on the website. I see it's one of the options. Yeah, the knowledge exchange is something we're really, really excited about. So another another thing that's typically difficult sort of in the big data or data science space is that. People tend to work very siloed. You know, you're in a particular industry, so you may know others in that industry, but it's, you know, sort of limited. You work at a particular company, and so, you know, your work is really with them, and you're not really exposed to, let's say, a whole ton of other projects that are out there. Mm -hmm. So if you, look at, if you look at what could happen, we certainly hope will happen on Big Data Block, is you start to see thousands of people using the system. And once you have thousands of people using the system, you can imagine that those people can start to collaborate. So let's say in one of the examples I just gave you, you know, I have a solar farm. There's a person that has a solar farm in, you know, uh, Africa. There's another person that has one in Germany. There's another person that has one in Canada. And they're all trying to sort of optimize what they're doing. What if they could start to collaborate together, right, and use our tool as a way to share and exchange anything that's created in our ecosystem. So as I mentioned, like a cleansing algorithm, oh, I created this really cool algorithm, I'm willing to share that with the community, or I'm willing to share it for a fee, a BDB token, maybe I wanna sell it. I'm a data scientist and I work at Facebook and I really wanna help social good projects. And I see, for example, on the platform that there's some project that's, you know, helping with ocean pollution or something like that. And I'd love to be able to help with that. So I can now jump in and say, hey, you know, does anyone need my help? I'm willing to, you know, jump in on this project, for an example. Right. right. And most of the time, you know, you, you probably don't get too many people like that unless, unless you're offering some type of bounty, then you get a lot of people. Right. Uh, but uh, so, so I connect my data to your big data block and, uh, I'm able to do analytics. I'm able to uh, 
uh, perform functions I was not able to do before. That's uh, correct. That's exactly right. And how about how about backing up of the data? I, I know you don't store the data. Is there any type of backing up image type stuff? For, no, because that's what businesses need. Uh, they, there's still a plethora of businesses businesses out there like Amerisource Bergen that that they still use tapes. Uh, I yeah. They do have it online. You know, and this is a Fortune 30 company. They still use tapes. The tapes every morning they pull them out. They they send them to Iron Mountain, and you know it's it's such a archaic. It's it's like going to the dentist, and you know, I, you know right. <laughs> it's it's still using. They're still using this old you know technology to to perform a function that should be really simple. Uh, you know, like I I believe blockchain is the the solution. Uh, you know, you could you could restore. Any any node that goes down simply by just replacing it and all the other ledgers just you know it, it'll read it from the other nodes and you're back up and running again uh, without yeah. having to restore anything. Yeah, I don't. We won't be specifically covering the any of the backup stuff, but I do think in the future that we will probably be partnering with one of the great storage projects out there. Like I mentioned, obviously there's Filecoin, there's SiaCoin, and there's there's several others. I could absolutely see us in the future sort of partnering with one of them and maybe doing some more enhanced offerings where you not only sort of do the analytics, but you could store it for the future. So the way, you know, just to walk through kind of the way it works for us is um, as it relates to retention of the data, and this will get into really interesting topic to talk about, which is this whole decentralization of data, which I'm in general a huge fan of. So if you think about, so the way it will essentially work, as I mentioned, is, you know, someone will go through, they'll use our front end system. They will actually map to the data sets they have wherever they are. And they'll, you know, we'll give them a cost to run the job and they'll say, go, they'll say, great, let's say, you know, go, the money, you know, the, the tokens will come out of their wallet. Um, and then the job will start. The data will actually get pulled from wherever the sources are. Uh -huh. We will have a centralized. We will have a centralized system that is sort of like I, I call it like the bus depot or traffic cop. So we have to have a way in order to get the data, know what nodes are available to process, shard the data, meaning carve it up into the pieces, and then send it to all those nodes to process. And that's essentially what our sort of middle tier centralized layer will do. So. The data is obviously encrypted the whole way. It will then get cut up. So we will look at and say, for example, there are 100 nodes that are free right now that can process this job. We will, uh, we will alert those nodes, essentially, that they're about to get job one, two, three. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that's really, really cool that I love is, so we are, we are using the blockchain, and we're an ERC-20 token, so Ethereum. We're using the blockchain for transactions. Um, so this is a good maybe segue to talk about sort of what is our token. Doing. Right, right. What's the purpose um, of using a token now for your idea? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. So we have two main uses for the token. One is transaction, just to do the transaction all the way through, again, to, to pay the data processors and everything like that. We will be escrowing. So we do have a little bit of an idiosyncrasy there in that. Um, our jobs will take time to process. It's not like a real-time transaction. And we don't want to pay the data processors until the job is finished because what if a what if a node goes down or doesn't finish or whatever. So we will take the, the tokens, we will put them in sort of an escrow wallet. Then when the um, jobs are finished, we'll distribute the tokens to all the data processors to the job. But that's relatively straightforward. The, uh, the thing that I think we're doing that's really cool and interesting is that every single thing that you create within our application, again, not the raw data itself, 
But all the things that I just mentioned, the algorithms and all the rest of it, the instruction set for all of those, we're actually loading on the blockchain. And what's cool about that is there's a few things that are interesting and cool about that. One is that it makes it, um, you know, uh, anyone can inspect the blockchain and kind of see in general what people are doing. Again, not the raw data, so there's no exposing of any customer data or, right. you know, anything that's private there, but just kind of what in general are people using the system for. The other thing that's really interesting about it is it provides basically a complete version history of everything that anyone's doing. So if you're a customer, for example, and you want to go back to version 50 of that thing you did you know, two years ago, we'll be able to pull that out, no problem. We also will be able to see any of the edits that anyone has made to any of these components. And why that's important is as I mentioned, because of the knowledge exchange. So let's say you and I do a transaction and I say to you, I created some sort of data set and you want access to that data set to do some research, but we've agreed that you're not gonna sell that data set, you're just gonna use it for your project. Mm -hmm. So I sell you that data set for 100 BDB tokens, for example, and then I notice two months later that you're selling a data set that looks very similar to the one that you know I sold you essentially initially. Well, we will be able to tell you exactly what changes were made to that data set and when. So let's say, you know, in this example, all you did was change some field name and that's all that happened. We'll be able to immediately say, hey, all this guy did was change a field name. Now he's trying to resell the data. So obviously he's sort of voiding the agreement that you guys have. And we can go to that person and say, you know, you guys have violated that agreement. Um, so, you know, data provenance is essentially or trust is a pretty big thing right now. And so I think the fact that we track all of this within the blockchain um, you know, will make all of that aspect much easier and much more open and visible to anyone who wants to see it. Gotcha. Now, now the, the type of data that's going on there, uh, I understand that it could be for businesses and people who utilize your know, data and want more function out of it. Um, you know, still their data will be centralized most likely unless they're using Sciacoin or Filecoin, like you said, which you said you could... Uh, you know, you're going to, you're willing to work with once, uh, you know, once they come out, uh, Sidecoin is out at the moment. Um, yep. you could utilize their data. You could also, uh, actually IPFS is out also. You could do a lot of, you, you could do a lot of work with them right now before the, you know, file coin actually comes out. Right. Uh, but you know, IPFS has been around for a long time. Uh, I had many nodes up myself and you know, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun, especially trying to build a website on it. Okay. Uh, you know, so I, I am a little technical, uh, gotcha. in my nature, but a, a big, you know, so you're, have you ever heard of Atmos, Atmos coin, ATMOS? Yeah, I have. All right. So, so basically what they, you know, infer what, or what they could do or, you know, their function is they'll be able to query, uh, what you want, uh, on IPFS there. That's what they're they'll be able to do. You'll be okay. able to, so if I wanted to find data with, you know, in your big block data network, I mean, is is there a search function? That's what I'm trying to get to. I, I, right. I know you perform functions, but if I wanted to find particular data that on, on something and I see, you know, I know that's the knowledge, I mean, does that work with the knowledge exchange? I mean, yeah, the knowledge exchange is really what we view as the place where you'll be able to see anything. Because here's, you know, there's a couple of things, right? We we only want um, those components that people are willing to share ah. to be exposed, right? So, you know, we're not, 
you know, it's really up to the person that has the data at, you know, what level they want to sort of share those components. So again, again, they can do it for free or for fee. So some people, as you noted, will, they won't be interested in doing that at all, right? They'll be like, no, this is mine. I'm not, you know, I'm just doing something for myself or my right. business. I'm not really interested in sharing it. And then others will be, you know, very open to sharing. There'll be, for instance, a lot of not, you know, not-for-profits, there'll be educational, you know, mm -hmm. institutions and things like that that are probably very open to sort of sharing what they've created. So we view that, yeah, as the knowledge exchange, essentially. Right. Um, and, I, and I do want to get back to a little bit on the decentralized data side. And, yes. and again, you're touching on it with some of the projects. And, you know, it's really been interesting. And I wrote a, a little article about this, too. You know, if you really look around, um, almost every major company that has a large data set at this point has been hacked, right? I mean, the targets, you yeah. know, Home Equifax, Depot. I mean, yeah. everyone gets hacked. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, part of the reason for that is because you are you, right. It's centralized. Exactly. So if you're a hacker. Right. What are you going to go after? You're going to go after a place that's just rich in, you know, valuable data that you can steal. And yes, it might be hard and maybe you won't be able to do it. But there's all there's hundreds and thousands of those hackers that are going after these centralized systems. Now, you flip it to something like big data block where we are going to be processing on hundreds or thousands of machines that are not connected to each other at all. Right. They are totally disconnected. All any one of them ever has when they're processing is a small subset of the data. So imagine if you're a hacker then. Right. Are you going to go after Jason Cohen's machine? He's an individual who has one node in a multi thousand node you know, network. And maybe you can get into Jason's machine. But even if you get into it, can you get into the container? And even if you get into that, how much data could you possibly get because it's right. just a, a shard of all the rest of the data. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you look at, you know, a lot of people look at this whole decentralized data thing and think, oh, that's, you know, that sounds way less secure. I think it's the exact opposite. I think it immediately removes the incentive from hackers because again, what's the point of getting into one node in a right. multi-thousand node network or even a larger network? You're not going to get much. You can't. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, right, it's just too much work. Mm -hmm. And again, it really takes, you know, the, the um, the you know the sort of the mindset of where is my data I think changes very dramatically in that it's everywhere right it's all right. over the globe like I don't I don't need to worry about securing one particular mm -hmm. entry point I've secured my particular distribution and it doesn't really matter at that point where it is yeah and it, I totally agree totally agree one hundred percent big biggest flaw is that they they're located centrally so you know you you can find their headquarters. Obviously, that's most likely where the data is going to be. Right. You know, you, you, park, you park yourself outside the building. You find an insecure phone to get into who's connected to their network. And, you know, the, you know, there, there we are. Right. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, and, and there's other ways you could find out who works for them. And you could, uh, you know, you could send some spam emails and hope that they click on a certain link. Right. I mean, it, it, your targets, even the employees that in the building Absolutely. that house that data are targets. They're all targets. Absolutely. I used to be the guy that used to clean the email, you know, the exchange servers. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the amount of spam that came in was ridiculous. Just attempts upon attempts. This is UPS. You know, we're click on this link for your package, right? Uh, right, right. I mean, you know, if, if that person was expecting a package, they're probably not even going to think twice. They're going to click right. on it. Well, and even you have the crazy things like people will drop like a bunch of USB sticks, right? Because people are always like, what's on this? Oh, cool. I found a uh, USB stick. They plug it into their computer and then boom, you're right in. Yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, so you're, you're offering a functionality on top of an, an, an ever-growing, uh, you know, hard, 
big data, we'll call it, uh, big yep. data, decentralized technology that's building. I mean, look, look how cool Sire is and look how cool, uh, you know, Filecoin is going to be. I mean, a network that actually gets better the more people that are on it. Exactly. Instead of the opposite, where you know, they yeah. have to, you know, where they're constantly upgrading UBRs, and you need more bandwidth. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, we're we're heading into an age people don't see it. I mean, I'm really excited about it. They, we're we're going. This is like internet coming out all over again. People just yeah. don't get it. It's and if you don't get it, you better you better get on it because, uh, you know, with the with the birth of IPFS coming out. Uh, that's Internet 2.0, and and since it's a, it's TCP, it, it it could replace TCP/IP. It's a protocol, right? Right. I mean, IPFS is a protocol, which is cool because now you could actually implement that inside hubs and routers, and you. I mean, it's it's feasible to make a whole network all on the IPFS and start the internet all over again the way it should have been. And yeah, no, I totally agree. And if you just look at the, un I mean, just think about the unused capacity that's out there, right? I mean, that people are quite frankly more than happy to to let other people use as long as they know that it's secure and they're not worried about, you know, someone, you know, stealing something inside their network and the rest of it. They're happy, and they're they're extra happy when you tell them, oh, by the way. Not only um, I'm not going to be using it for free, I'm actually going to be compensating you right. for the use of it. Like that's fantastic. I mean, I look at you know, like I said, I you know, and, and I'm not obviously going to share any privilege information, but I worked at TransUnion, and you can just imagine the overhead, like you said. I mean, the amount of equipment, the amount of you know, security processes, and all the rest of it that goes into it. Imagine if you could blow that up. And obviously, I'm speaking figuratively, right? Yeah. And and now distribute that all over and remove a lot of the burden that goes into all of the security because now you don't have to worry about that as much. Remove a lot of the burden on, like you said, the upgrades and the massive cost to yeah. constantly be upgrading, you know, the networks and the hardware and the storage and the processing. You know, if you can leverage the world's network, um, I mean, I think it's dramatic. Obviously, you know, an example like TransUnion is not great. I mean, they would probably be one of the you know, the, the slowest to adopt things like that. But certainly you're going to see a lot of companies moving, I think, towards you know this model, I think, sooner rather than later, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, could you imagine uh, all these big businesses looking at their 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 network and, you know, their uh, their refrigerator room full of servers and they're like, yeah, uh, you know, we've upgraded to like the best of the best. And uh, now with IPFS, we don't need this. Right. We'll have to go back to the old stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because, you know, it, I don't need four CPUs, you know, I, I, I don't I don't need, you know, five SANs, you know, because now it's hosted on the IPFS network. And I I mean, you probably cut down your whole your whole data center by by one, you know, three fourths of, yeah. you know, because you don't you won't need all that equipment anymore. And you won't need the whole storage backup tape drives and you you won't need the sands and you won't need the the you know the power that, that you're pushing so that you know because if if you have uh, you know an apache server and you're hosting your own website and stuff they and you have clients uh, regularly from my experience it gets hit when it gets hit hard everything slows down oh we got to yeah. upgrade again right that's yeah. that's there's no that's that's something that's going to be reversed soon which is really exciting 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, I personally, like even our website, right? CryptoCoreMedia.com is, that, that, that's us. That's what, what I do, right? Uh, CryptoCore Radio is the website. I got to I gotta upgrade it a little more. But, uh, you know, I didn't want to do anything yet because the problem with building a website is that the data is still on an SQL database in 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 a central spot, right? I mean, right. It's, I mean, it's and, and we've been hacked before, you know, and, and that's flattering, honestly. It was only a couple <laughs> a couple of weeks ago they hacked the site, and I was flattered. I, was, I really was. <laughs> I was like, wow, somebody took the time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they care. <laughs> yeah, they care. <laughs> Thanks for hacking my site, buddy. And, you know, I'll just put it back to normal. It's called backup and restore. So, <laughs> uh. What was I? What was I? What was I getting on here? Um, yeah, just building your website, like you said. Oh yeah, so yeah. It's centralized. I didn't, and yeah. I, I didn't want to build. I, I didn't want to start it yet because I'm thinking of just doing. See, the thing with IPFS is it, the site can only be HTML, uh, PHP, and CSS, and that's it. It won't do Java, right? And okay. It won't do the other languages. But I want to. I want to be part of that revolution, you know. So I want to get Crypto right. Core Media on that. On you know on that. IPFS because there's sites already. If you if you bring up a node and you know you can see all the people got websites. It's really cool. I, actually, if you go to the Neo Cities, have you ever heard of Neo Cities? Yeah. Uh huh. You, you know you can build a site right on that, and if it works, you could actually export it and you know put it on your own node. And you know you you got your site up and up and working on IPFS. Yeah. No, that's cool. I should know too, and you may know them. If you're familiar with Bluezell. Bluezell. B-L-U-Z-E-L-L-E. Uh, yeah, yeah, B-L-U-Z-E-L-L-E. We are actually partnered with them. Um, they're, they're great, too. I recommend everyone checks them out. And, and what's cool about them is they're, you know, I would say on the um, more on the operational data, more transactional and sort of quicker access and things like that. Um, and their, their project is really cool. We actually could definitely see, I mean, we're trying to, we're talking through sort of API integrations and we could absolutely see a world where just like you said they could be used for things like transactional data for websites like a, a good example is you know they're they're partnering with a lot of dapps like why not use us as your database for uh -huh. like the same reason you just talked about for your website like why why not just use us another you know another blockchain project uh, very cool really cool team um, and what we will do is be able to just pull in like link directly to bluezell so if you have any of your data there you can just immediately, it's very easy integration. You could pull it in and sort of use our system to do the analytics and, and again, use them as the main repository for their data. So they're doing some cool things. Oh, wow. Also, uh, yeah, so, so everyone, you know, is listening, check them out too. I mean, they're, you know, they've been trading for a while, great project. B B the other thing that I, I think is interesting as it relates to this too is, you know, there's, there's what, we've all, what we've talked about around, you know, um, you know, the technical, let's say, um, value and cost and some of that. But the other thing is, I think, getting to who owns your data, right? Like at some point, hopefully there will be a way, no matter where your personal data is distributed, you know, the sites you've been to, all the stuff that, you know, Facebook stuff and all the rest of that, right. that we as individuals actually will have more control of it. So if you want to say, I want my data removed from these databases, these sites, you know, whatever it is that you can, you know, easily do that. And again, I think if you look at the core, you know, a lot of the core beliefs in, you know, sort of the blockchain and crypto space, um, you know, I think that that it's this group 
that's going to be able to really make that a reality. Because if you're a company, you really don't want to do that, right? I mean, your whole value is in basically having access to this information. You don't want people to be able to easily remove it. But certainly in the world we live in, in this crypto blockchain world, I think, you know, we've got the exact opposite. It's like, hey, look, this is yours. You should be able to do what you want with right. it. And, well, well that, that brings, and, and that brings you to property, right? I mean, it's your right. property, you know? And, and exactly. People don't understand, a lot of people don't understand the value of property. Uh, you know, like, like uh, you know, just to, or a parallel, to draw a parallel, uh, you know, they put they put chlorine in your water and fluoride and you're drinking it and everyone's OK with that because it protects your teeth. You know, it's right. Makes sense. Right. You drink it and it protects your teeth. That doesn't make sense. Makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. Why are you drinking it? You should put it topically on your teeth. Why? Why are they forcing people to drink all these chemicals? Right. I'm chlorine right. That, that, you know, totally messes up your bio. It's your property, and you know there should be an an uprising of people that are saying, you know, get this shit out of my water, <laughs> right? Why, they, why are you force forcefully medicating me? It's my body. It's you know, and I no one tells me what to put in my body, right? Except right. me, right? I mean, so I mean, it's it's the same idea. People, if you own something, it's yours. You you gotta you gotta get that. You gotta be a baby sometimes and just be like, it's mine. It's mine. Right, right. Don't touch my toys. It's mine. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, on, on that, ta on that tangent, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's important that people like you build these, uh, these solutions. Uh, we haven't seen too many uh, solutions. We're all waiting on Filecoin for data, but you're, you're building a data, uh, you know, a function that'll work with it, which is very cool. Like, have you, have you thought about, uh, you know, block stack to, you know, there's a, I'm, I'm really big into the data coins. I love them, uh, especially the file storage coins. Cause I believe that, you know, mining will move to, to hard drives. Like you said, right. everyone's got space on their hard drive. Right. You know, you got, you got these old people that are buying like this awesome computer with, you know, freaking 20 terabytes and, you know, they, they download a picture, you know, right. You know, it's, it, <laughs> right. They, they have no idea, but, but, you know, you, your kid could go up to you and say, Hey, you know, you got like, 15 terabytes you're not using you know hey grandma you want to make some money right I, you know it, i'll just connect you real quick somebody else it, it, it'll create a, an encrypted container yada 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 right i talk with my hands i keep hitting the microphone and then <laughs> and then uh you know and and then you're you're protected because you know whatever data is being stored in your computer it's not touching you it's fully encrypted and you know and only that other person has the key to open it that's his data, and he's paying you for that storage. And what what a beautiful thing! Everybody can make a few pennies off of it. And how about if the whole internet runs on this on this data that's on everyone's computer? How about if every everything about the internet is stored on people's home computers? There's then it's in, it's unstoppable, right? Right. Because right. you can't walk up to everybody's computer and tell them shut shut it off. It's impossible. Right. Just Especially like, in some of these countries where they block a lot of that. If suddenly you can people can get if one person can get access, then everyone gets access, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's so you know, uh, it's it's really it's really important that you know we look towards this technology. We I, I do it personally for you know the kids I may have one day, and 
I want them to be free and I want them to be in charge of their own their own stuff. I don't want a bank to offer them a hundred thousand dollars in uh, FDIC insurance. <laughs> you know, the fuck is a hundred thousand dollars? It's nothing. Right. I mean, I put a million dollars in your bank and you could only give me a hundred thousand dollars back. That a little weird or what? You know what? Why don't you turn on your printing machine and print right. me a few dollars? Because <laughs> you do it for yourself. I mean, if people don't see that this whole system is corrupt, they're blind. They're turning a blind eye. And and, and if they think that their life is fantastic going to work every day, well, you, you know, deep down inside, it's not. Right. You know, because because you, 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 there's so many better things humans could be doing with their lives. And I'm, I'm saying in general, humans could be doing... I mean, if you take the time to do a garden instead of going to work every day, you've done something great for the, right. the environment. You've done something great for you because now you're growing your own food. Uh, it's you, you understand we're missing this part. They, they have taken that part of people's lives, and uh, you know, I when I say taken, I I say it. They they literally didn't even use rubber gloves and told you to bend over <laughs> because because when you get your paycheck and you see how many how much taxes are taken out, I mean. It it should it should make you furious because that little bit of money that you should be getting extra is what's holding you down. Uh, you know, it's it's stopping you from saving more money. It's stopping you from paying bills you can't pay, and you know it's go and it's going to to things like you know Medicare, which I'm probably never gonna get. Uh, you know, if you're young, you're never gonna get it because uh, okay, Social Security. Uh, I'm talking. I'm sorry. So I'm talking about Social Security, not Medicare. Medicare, right, right. Me unfortunately, Medicare is going to people who are not sick. Uh, you know, you just got to sign up. Uh, so uh, the Social Security is going to be uh, gone by the year 2018, which is this year. Uh, supposedly, so it, it should be like de depleted completely. Uh, you know, they'll probably print more money and put it in there. I mean. Technically, when Social Security was set up, uh, the government wasn't even supposed to use the funds. They were never supposed to touch your funds. It no, was supposed absolutely. to stay. It was supposed to stay in an account and accrue interest, like other countries do. It they they somewhere along the line they decided it's okay to use everybody's money for their own, you know, whatever the hell they want to do by a hammer or a wrench that costs right. fifty dollars. <laughs> you see. So, so what you the work you're doing is very important, and you you mentioned earlier that you know you, you quit your job, and you this decided to do this on you know. Do this thing, this you know, what were your where, was your family like? You're gonna quit your job, you know? Yeah. Did I mean, your girlfriend there, there look at you was, like you got yeah. three heads, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, you you bring up a good point. I mean, I I think I'm a little you know gonna go back a little bit. I I you know I. I'm more, I would say, a, a centrist from from that standpoint. I think it's good, you know. I, I think, unfortunately, um, this idea that people are inherently good is is probably not true. <laughs> I mean, if you just, I mean, just look around at all the scams in the in the crypto space. I mean, it's just, it's insane how, right. like you say, how many people try to scam me on a daily basis because they know I'm launching an ICO. Um, and so I think I think having some checks and balances, I think having some level of government, and I, I think those things are okay. I think we would all agree, though, that um, you know, are we spending the money in the right places all the time? Absolutely not. Is there amount? Is there a huge amount of waste? On a hundred percent. And so you know, being I think 
I think a lot of this, and again, it goes back to, I think, you know, just the, the core ethos of, you know, Bitcoin, a lot of this is transparency, right? Like, I don't necessarily mind if you're going to take some of my money and you're going to use it. It would sure be nice if I actually was able to see exactly what it was used for, though, and I could really understand better really what my money was used for um, and whether that's local government or federal government or whatever. I mean, I just think there's no transparency. And, you know, the whole system is geared around really people with money, right? It's like who really benefits from so many of the things that we do? It's those people that push a lot of money towards lobbyists and, you know, big government and the rest of it. And they're really the ones that are able to get things to happen that benefit them. Our government doesn't really work for us, right? It doesn't really work for the average person anymore. I mean, that's been gone for who knows how long. And that's unfortunate. And when you talk about, you know, banks and things like that, you know, I recommend if, if people haven't watched, um, there's a series on Netflix called Dirty Money. Um, and it's really, really interesting. And there's a number of episodes and you can pick and choose what you want. But the one that I would say people should definitely watch is the one on HSBC. Um, you know, the the what they did essentially taking money from terrorists, money launderers and the slap on the wrist that they got for it. It's um, unfortunately, once you watch it, it'll irritate you. But I would say it's a great it's a great thing to watch when, you know, your buddy tells you, well, I don't trust this whole crypto thing. I trust my money in the bank. Um, and you right. can easily reference these things. I mean, yeah. you know, the largest amount I, of wealth probably lost in history was on the whole mortgage crisis and the ridiculous financial, mm -hmm. you know, products that were offered that were, you know, that were basically based on nothing. Um, so there's no question that I think we need to take more control of it. Yeah. And when you get back to, sorry, your original question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my family thought I was a little bit nuts. I mean, the good news for me, at least a little bit, was that, again, I had been in the crypto space for a while. So I had, you know, a little bit of a nest egg. Right. Just from that to to fund the business. I mean, we we you know we bootstrapped all the starting of this. You know, we used our own money to do it. Um, you know, as uh, as the months go by, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to fund the business. Obviously, with things like the ICO and the rest of it. Uh, but there's no question that my wife. I have two kids, so you know, my wife definitely looked at me a little cross-eyed when I said I was quitting a good job with benefits and all the rest Did of it, the it to do this. Did she support you in, in your decision? She does. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and, and, you know, I think this is always when you're with someone who's who's great. Right. Is right. she sees how happy I am. Right. Mm -hmm. She sees that I get up and I'm excited. I mean, just like you said it, you know, when you get up every day and that's not even to say you have a bad job and some people love their job and that's great. But when you get up and know that basically most of what you're doing is really to benefit others, it's just different. You know, I get up now and I feel like I'm benefiting myself, my family, my community that I love, you know, the blockchain community. Yep. And I think it's just it's just a very different feeling of pride and, you know, what I'm sort of giving back to a community that I believe strongly in. And so it's just it's a very different mindset. And it's right. I mean, there's no question. Look, I'm I'm excited to, you know, um, be able to get some money soon when we ICO and the rest of it to pay my own bills. But, right. you know, the bottom line is I, I'm, I'm just I'm so into Again, this revolution, like you said, you know, Web 3.0 and the technology behind all these things. And um, it's it's you know, we're going to look back just like you said, we're going to look back on all of this. And um, it doesn't even matter. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a VC. This goes back about six months ago. It's really interesting to hear him say this. You know, he said that, you know, everyone seems to focus on the fact that, you know, you know, a large percentage of the, of the you know, the projects in this space will fail. And that's certainly true. Right. There will be a lot that don't make it. But what people should be focusing on is the ones that will actually succeed. 
and the true revolutionary nature of what those projects will bring to the world, right? right. Even 10% of these projects actually succeed in the mission that they are you know, trying to succeed in. I mean, that's going to be a, a giant difference in the world. Yep. Uh, definitely. I, it's, you know, I, I personally, I, I, I've, I've dedicated, I've done what you did. I did exactly what you did. I, I you know, after Verizon, I just decided uh, I'm going to do this full time, right? Uh, this is I, I love what I do. I wake up in the morning. I do my gardening. I I don't I don't live in that twelve to fifteen hour a day, you know, uh, structure where you know everybody everybody makes you feel like you you're doing the right thing. You're working every day. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you you you're a good boy, right? Right, <laughs> right. You're a good boy, right? But you know, fuck that shit, man. Fuck that. And I can say anything. It's my radio show. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the, the fact is, is that you, you you're not doing enough for yourself. At the end of the day, right? Uh, you know, I I used and no joke. I used to I used to work like nobody's business, bro. Twelve hours, uh, four. It, it was I I went from Staten Island to Long Island every day. It was a three hour ride. Ugh. Uh, you know, traffic, snow, and you know, and and you sit there and you know you're not doing jack shit at your job, all right? Right. I mean, right. It, it, what what are you doing? You you you're attending meetings all day. You know, you right? Wow, you know, big deal. You know, while the CEOs of the companies are taking vacations. You know what their biggest priority is? Where am I going to go next? What barbecue? <laughs> what barbecue am I going to buy, right? Right? Yeah, you know that that's their and you're the monkeys. Right? right. They, they need you. Uh you know yes. and and with with taxes and you know the way it's structured where they're constantly pushing you down, uh you need you need them. Unfortunately, it's in a, it's in a, it's a bad relationship. Uh, you don't like your job. Most people don't. I would, you know, what percentage would you throw at it that people don't like their jobs? 80? 90? Yeah, I'm 80? sure it's really high. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know. Uh, or even is... if they like their job, if you ask them, if you could quit today and do what you're really passionate about and right. make enough money to, to live and be okay, would you do it? I think, I mean, you know, 95% of people would probably say yes. And, and th there's data everywhere. There's data everywhere, yep. and, and you know, uh, whether you're a pharmaceutical company or you sell rims and uh, and shocks, and you know, for cars, and you're a car hookup company, there's all sorts of data that you have on your clients, right? And right. what better way to protect them than to decentralize it? And you can even yeah. promote that. You know, everything you 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 know, any information you give us, I promise you, it's decentralized. And, you know, nobody could hack it at any one area. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's it, there's things coming down the pipe that uh, I'm I see and not many people other not many other people are seeing. Uh, what what's your take on. Uh, on EOS. Yeah, great question. Obviously, it's a big uh, it's been a big week for them and big weekend coming up. I'm a fan in general. Um, you know, I, I think just like anything, you know, I think. I think there's two hats to it, right? There's one that, again, I've been an investor in the space for a while. So, you know, I think when you look at some of the valuations for some of these projects that have yet to actually deliver anything, it is a little bit of hard to swallow, especially for those of us who maybe have been around for, you know, a few days. You know, when you look at the billion dollar, you know, multi-billion dollar valuations for projects that, again, you know, 
have yet to deliver anything other than a promise. I think, you know, I think that's a little bit tough. But I think when you set if you separate that from the technical innovations and the interesting things that EOS is doing from a blockchain a platform perspective, mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting. I mean, look, I like I said, my first real love for the whole space was from Ethereum. So and, you know, I'll always, I think, have a soft spot for Ethereum. And I think Ethereum right. will be fine. You know, I think this idea that, you know, these other projects are going to shut it down and they're, you know, better, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just I think fundamentally, um, you know, Ethereum has a track record. These other projects don't. I got I got um, that feeling. I got the same feeling for Komodo. I kind yeah. of I kind of grew up in that. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, and you know, I think there's room for a number of them. Right. I think EOS, quite frankly, I think will will be successful. I mean, look, the war chest of money that they have behind them right. um, is going to be enormous. The fact that they can essentially, you know, and I don't want to say this in, in a negative way, but they can essentially buy projects, right? Yep. They can go out and say to a project, "Don't don't ICO." Don't do anything. We'll give you fifteen million dollars. Launch on EOS, and basically you're funded, right? Do an airdrop, and here's a bunch of money, and you're set. I think is going to be a big deal, and it's going to help them obviously get a lot of projects. The other thing is again the airdrops, right? The fact that if you hold right now, the platform has nothing on it, so there are going to be a lot of projects doing like what I just mentioned, and they're going to have big airdrops. Yep. And so if you're a holder of the token, obviously you're going to reap the rewards of a lot of that similar to you know earlier on in ethereum when it was like you know you just got these tokens and that ended up really being meaningful and um so i think they've got a good you know i think they've got good stuff ahead of them it'll be interesting to see how this release goes i'm sure it'll, there'll be some bumps um well, again whether you want to invest in it or not i get it i mean it's an expensive overall project um but i think it'll be good i think it's going to be good for the space i, I haven't invested in and in, invested in it at all i don't have any uh any of it I'm I'm still watching, but uh, I I I mention it because I see a lot of people mentioning that they want to build their DApps on it. Yeah, uh, because uh, every transaction, from what I understand, so so yet you have a program right, and programs execute executables. If it was Windows, whatnot, right? And you know what? Every time it does something in the background, that would on the blockchain that would be a transaction. Right, and the problem is that a transaction costs money. So every oh, single right. time your pro your program wants to perform a function, say you do something, and it takes four to five functions to get the job done, you pay. You know that app has to pay four or five times. Right. Uh, but if it's free, now you have a really good use case uh, platform to build uh, DApps on because yeah, now you can build freely and there, there's no expense to it. Unless yeah, it, no, I, I think they're going to be, I mean, again, I think, you know, there's, um, you know, the, the whole block producer thing is interesting. I mean, I, I think that fundamentally, like, if they're projects, you know, whether you like them or not, I think if they're doing something different, I think it's it's at least worth letting them do their thing and seeing where it turns up. Because I think what will happen is you'll we'll find that the sort of best things will, will pop up and then ultimately people will be like, well, let's all do that because that's awesome. And I don't think you'll get that unless people just do these things, right? You need some level of, you know, experimentation or R&D, whatever you want to call it with some of these projects. I do think um, there are too many platforms, quite frankly, now. Yes. I mean, if you just yep. look at the sheer number of them and it yep. makes the interoperability tricky, but there's also a number of technologies coming there, right? Where you'll be able to go in and out of different blockchains and 
Because if you step back, if we really want to get this to be something that, you know, sort of, let's say the mainstream people use, you know, people are not going to want to hold 57 different tokens and be like, oh, I got to use this one for this and that one for this. And, you know, ultimately we need to make it as easy as possible to transact, um, but, you know, still allow, I think, the best technologies out there to grow. And so, again, I think you'll see, you know, a lot of these, you know, swapping between blockchains, you know, that'll be a lot easier, you know, things like, um, um, you know, atomic swaps, I think is going to be great technology, just make the payment friction a lot less. And so I think all that stuff is coming. Well, you know, I, I hope, I hope that, uh, what, what's coming does come. Uh, they predicted 2018 that the fiat that well, we would have the biggest disaster in fi- in the financial industry that, that we've ever seen bigger than 2008. Uh, if it does come, I'm hoping it comes. I'm hoping it crushes this whole system. So when that happens, I believe Bitcoin will explode. Uh, everybody's trust will be moved over to something else that's more trusting, right? Uh, it, I would, you, know, you know what I wanted to... Ha- have you noticed the decrease in cowboys these days? Like actual cowboys? I'm talking cowboys, man. I'm talking about people like John McAfee. Gotcha. I'm talking about John Wayne. You, you you think John Wayne cared that he had allergies? Did he ever mention? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, I mean, there's there's such a bunch of vaginas out there. I'll say it nicely. <laughs> uh, you know, I need you to protect my money, right? I need right. You, I need you to protect me. You think John Wayne said, "I need you to protect me"? Hell no, <laughs> man! I shoot you in the face. Yeah. Right. So. No, I, that's what I mean by this. There's not enough. Right. And that's why I love John. Right. Uh, that's why I love uh, John McAfee. It's because he, he's a cowboy. Uh, he does what he wants whenever the fuck he wants. Right. And, no, and nobody stops him from, from from doing what he wants. And and that's the way everybody should be. Uh, you know, of course, curbed. You know, you got kids and stuff. Right. You definitely want to stop asking people for, for protection. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't need cops protection, all right? Because in my experience, uh, you know, the police officers, in my experience, have never been there when I needed them and are always there when I don't need them, right? <laughs> and I mean, you know, they're only there to give me tinted window tickets, right? And they're, they're, they're all, they, you know, they, they serve the purpose of reporting the issue after it's happened. Uh, it's, you know... I've had my house robbed when I was young multiple times, and they always showed up afterwards. They never showed right. up when the guy was in the house, right? Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, so, so there's a you have everyone needs to take a step back and say, why do I need so much protection? I mean, I, am I that scared? Am I that much of a wussy? Go get yourself a sword, you know. Go. Go, you know, go go get you. I'm not gonna say go get yourself a gun, but you know, go get yourself something that'll that'll protect your family. Right. Learn learn how to protect your family. Stop depending on people to to protect your yourself. Stop stop looking for companies like AWS to protect your data, right? Because I believe AWS went down last month, didn't it? it was- yeah, it's had occasional outages for sure. I mean, again, I think they do they do a pretty solid job. They've got a lot of great technologists there, and I think their solution is good. Uh, but absolutely, I mean they've they've certainly had their problems. And again, if someone does manage to get into some of this stuff, you'll never uh, know. Which they'll get they'll get a lot. They'll potentially get a lot, right? And you'll never know, right? Because those companies never, they yeah. don't, they don't tell you. 
No. They, or they tell you like nine months later, right? Right. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah well, um, unless it's leaked. Yeah. Or you'll never know. Once again. Right. I mean, this, this. I've been in companies where I probably am not allowed to say it, so I'm not going to say it. But you know, shit hit the fan. You know. Right. But you know, the customers didn't know about it. They, right. they would. They never. So you know, you, you're not safe. You're not safe. And it, it all comes down to even your credit card. You're not safe with that data. No. You know, you, you go out, you know, you buy a sex toy. <laughs> Stop laughing, right? So, <laughs> or four, you, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever floats your boat, man. I don't judge. So, and, and, and you buy it, right? And now the teller knows it when he looks in your history, right? Let me yeah. take a look at the things you bought. Oh, you, you went to a head shop. Uh, you know, uh, the teller knows it. Everybody that looks at your account knows it, which is a lot of people within that company. Yes. Knows it. You know, uh, then who knows what those people could do? They could bring that information home. This guy, you know, this guy bought a Bitcoin wallet. He most likely has Bitcoins. Right. This is his information. Yeah. And you don't well, know. even look at, I mean, that's a good example. I right? look what all the banks are doing, even just, you know, as it relates to buying crypto. I mean, so many restrictions, can't use credit cards, you know, some are even obviously, you can't even use your debit card. And it goes to, I think, your point. I mean, again, I think I'm a little more centrist, but I think your point is, like, it's my money. Like, look, if I'm willing to keep it in your repository and pay you a fee to do that, I really don't want you telling me. Again, it's different if you're, if I'm, you know, obviously breaking the law and maybe I'm, you know, paying for horrible things or whatever. I get that. But we have, in theory you know, like we said, a criminal justice system and police and the rest of it, they should be able to find those people that are doing that. If I'm just trying to buy an asset and I'm not doing anything wrong with that asset, right. I don't want you telling me what to do with it. Right. And, and, and it's already too late because, uh, you know, they're trying to regulate this the best they, they are, can. Right? Yeah. It, you can't. You, you can't do it. It's too late. You're 10 years too late. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you're not going to walk up to everybody's house and ask them for the Bitcoin back. Or, right. Or, or, Although it is funny, I've been I've I've read a few things, and I think it's true. You know, there are so many people that think, oh well, because I you know I have cryptocurrency that the government you know can't track it or don't know. The NSA and the FBI actually really they kind of love cryptocurrency because while it might be somewhat difficult to make the immediate connection between the wallets and the person, right. a lot of times they can find that connection, and once they have that connection. They really do know all of the things that you've spent your crypto on, because right. once you can follow those wallet addresses all around, right. you know it's not that hard to track to track people through those, right. uh, especially when you have some smart people that can you know do the inspecting of the blockchain and things like that. Right. So and, and and that brings us to you know technologies like Komodo that have Jumbler, and you know right. every time you take it, you make a transaction, it, right? It, it disappears. Different address disappears in in, in in thin air. There's a total disconnection. It's not just the Tumblr. Right. That, that's why they call it Jumbler. Uh, and, you know, there's, you know, people will have to learn the processes of how to do things correctly when, you know, and then and then if you want to do it the average way and you want it to be public, then you do it normally. Right. I bought a right. so I bought a soda today. You can see that I bought, right. you know, I, I bought Starbucks in the morning. I'm OK with that being public, you know, not really. Right. But if right. people have that. On. So everyone should have that public chain and private chain for themselves, uh, you know, Stuff like medical records that would be on your public, uh, your your uh, private, your, your, yeah. your private chain, right? Because right. you people don't know this, but the doctor throws away your records every ten years. Did you know that? 
No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I went back uh, to a doctor and I, I found this out because I was looking uh, to litigate a, litigate a case on him. And he, what happened was uh, they threw out the records. After 10 years, if you took an experimental drug, which, you know, you would think they would keep that, right? No, yeah, you would. Garbage. All your records, by law, after 10 years, they're allowed to throw it in the garbage. So go back to your doctors. I want every single record you have of me. And I want it in my hands. Right. Right. So, so you know, there's a little tip for everybody. Go to your child, your children's doctor and make sure you have everything they got. You have a copy right. of everything. Everything you've given my kid, every pill you've given him, I don't care if it's an antibiotic. I don't care if it's vitamins. All right. I want to know. All right. Because right. later on, you know, 20 years later, when they say that vitamin, you know. Caused, right. <laughs> you know, cause you know, cause cause your, you know, your son to sound like a female. Then right. you know now you know why, right? Right, right. So well, and they'll charge you for the privilege, right? They'll be like, well, that's twenty five bucks for us yeah. to give you a copy of your own records. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They'll charge you for the yeah. paper. Yeah, ten dollars. But yeah. go, go get it. Go get it. Get your information. Start start protecting your data, people. Uh, big data block. Uh, thank you for coming on today. I I love I love going on my tangents. <laughs> <As you can laughs> no, see. thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, I'm, I'm, and thanks to the audience for listening. We have about twenty-one people. We we didn't uh, we we didn't promote the show, so obviously no, nobody knows it's happening at the moment. Uh, but you know, typically the when we had Komodo on, I think our our biggest sh was we had about thirty-five thousand people. Wow, uh, listening live, yeah, for for the Komodo uh, announcement. Uh, that that was the biggest the biggest I've ever had. I, I yeah, that's had, awesome. Yeah, so. But you know, it it takes promoting it like three four weeks in advance, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, definitely uh, definitely would like you to, for you to come back on. Do you guys have an MVP set up yet, or is just yeah? No, good question. So here's where we are right now. We're actually in sort of the from a raise perspective financially, we're we're doing a sort of private sale round now, and we're working on the product. So we've actually had two drops of our first two prototypes, um, and our goal is to have, like you said, an MVP around the ICO period. So we're shooting for an ICO in August, but admittedly, you know, we're, that's a little bit fluid because just like you said, we want to have at least, it could be, you know, it's going to be very bare bones, but sort of the first version of a, a product for people to see. We also are going to be announcing a beta customer that's pretty cool probably in the next couple of weeks as well. So that'll be exciting too. All right. Very cool. And if you need any, any marketing done, any press releases set up, uh, Crypto Core Media does that. I, I personally awesome. don't. But you know we have uh, you know we have a really big team here. I'm the radio host. I do the radio side of things. I do SEO and development here and there. Okay. Uh, but we we have you know uh, we have a comic book coming out. Oh sweet! Uh, yeah, for kids, so we can educate uh -huh. kids on blockchain, right? Be, yeah, that's cool. Like so they can learn in cartoons. It's really awesome. Yeah, uh, that's cool. We we have a magazine comes out monthly. Uh, you know if if you you want to be written up in there, you know okay, you know let just. I'll send you to the proper person. That's all. Whenever all right. You're ready. Awesome. All right. Thanks, man. If you take a look at CryptoCoreMedia.com, that's our home base. Uh, you'll be able to find the news and the comic book and everything right from there. Cool, cool. Right, Jay? Uh, hey, th thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you, man. And I love love meeting people like you. I love meeting people that that just dropped everything, you know, willingly or not. Uh, me, it was not willingly. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was on the street. I was living out of my car. Oh, uh, you know, badass G35, right? And I'm living, <laughs> and, and I'm sleeping in it, right? But but at least I had a cool car, and, and so 
I love I love people meeting people that that turn into cowboys that decide listen enough's enough. Uh, you know they 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 grab their balls, they lift their skirt. All right, right, you know, right, and you know it's time to do something better. Yep, time to go for it. All right, brother. Uh, is it what, right, what website? What website? What information can you throw out there right now so that people could find you if they want to do talk more to you, do business with you? Where can they find you? Twitter, social. Yeah, media? no, great, great call. Yeah, just go to if you just go to bigdatablock.com. So just those words, bigdatablock.com, or you can email me directly if you'd like to, just at jason at bigdatablock.com. And again, our website has. So, you know, we've got the white paper out there. We've got some great videos. Oh, I should note real quickly, because I think this is kind of cool we're doing. Um, I did a video of uh, a walkthrough of the white paper, and I didn't just read it word for word. It was basically kind of talking about the concepts in the white paper. And I kind of coined it the sort of inside baseball version, meaning that, you know, kind of why did we make some of the decisions um, that we made in the white paper? And that should be up in the next few days as well. And I think that'll be interesting for people to check out. Yes. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? It's, I hate reading white papers. It's uh, yeah, I know. Most I think most people do. So I think people will like this. You could just watch it or listen to it. And that would be, be done. That would be great, <laughs> man. I get some popcorn, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you I'm, have to see my ugly mug, but other than that, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you could just you could just use the audio. You can just you can you can turn, turn off your the screen. screen off. Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Good job, man. All right, Thank thanks, you. man. All right, guys. Everybody listening. I eighteen people. All right, thank you for showing up. I, I'm not sure how you knew this was broadcasting. Uh, maybe I texted you, uh, but thanks for showing up. Uh, this show will be uh, published tomorrow, eh, probably afternoonish. I, I like to give it 24 hours. Uh, we got to edit it. Uh, you know, we got to adjust the sound levels. I got to make sure everything sounds good. Uh, we had the intro, the outro done, edited, right? Uh, and then I have a cartoonist. He's gonna. He's going to make Jason look all cute. And, uh, yeah, he, we, we got a really cool guy. He, he, he draws. He, I, I made him do every every person from my, my uh, bridal, from, from the bridal, the bridesmaids to the groomsmen. He did everybody and, and oh, made cool. a caricature of them. It was really, really That fun. is cool. Yeah. Great idea. <laughs> all right, brothers. Uh, everybody, this is Lutz. I love you all. Signing out. Later, Lutz. Later, brother. Thank you. Nice job. Thanks, man. User disconnected from your planting house to eat the grass. You know, it's like getting another. This has been Crypto Core Radio. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends so they can be among the first to learn about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency advancement in, in the, the new, new digital, digital economy. economy.